Welcome back to episode 33 of Girl Take the Lead, and we're glad you're here. In our previous episode 32, we discussed John Hyder's The Tao of Leadership, and our episodes 15, 16, and 17, we looked at Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. This episode combines a bit of each. I want to share about my recent career change into academics and the emotions that have been present for me from the perspective of Brene Brown and John Hyder. It is my hope that when you go and begin new adventures and make big changes, you might also see your emotions as you pass through them on your way to places we go when things are going good. Thanks for listening. So here I am being with emotions like vulnerability and fear, talking about this episode. I'm very present to those emotions right now. I thought I'd begin by first wondering about things that if you are like me and that you power through things, just power right through them, no matter what, you just get it done. And in my case, when I was hired to be the adjunct professor, I started prepping the minute I knew. I wanted the textbook. I wanted to be the A-plus student. I made a list of things I had to learn. The list kept growing and growing. And I just kept powering through things. And I found myself looking for guideposts like, how do I do this the right way? And this is something I've never done. So how do I know what I'm supposed to do? And there was lots of support at the university, um, lots of onboarding and orientations, but I still found that they're unlike corporate world where it's very structured and I knew what I needed to do to advance in this case, it was brand new. I didn't have any idea what I needed to do. So I, I looked to my favorite person. I went to Brene Brown and looked through Atlas of the Heart. And sure enough, there's uh, her chapter on places we go when things are uncertain or too much. And the big one there is vulnerability. And I got to say that that's how I felt going through this process of making this change, that it was definitely going to be about vulnerability. And I love what Brene Brown says. She says, vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Oh, yeah. Okay, courage. I went, oh, yeah. I'm being courageous. (laughs) Isn't that great? She also says on page 14, in my most recent research on courage and leadership, the ability to embrace vulnerability emerged as the prerequisite for all of the daring leadership behaviors. If we can't handle uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure in a way that aligns with our values and furthers our organizational goals, we can't lead. That was so good read in the moment and to say, okay, I get it now. I am totally in a new spot. I'm vulnerable. I've got 90 Gen Zers staring at me, (laughs) wondering who I am in this class. And I am looking to not look vulnerable, but I'm totally vulnerable. I also think another great thing she has is the chapter on trying to have Well, for me, it's trying to avoid places we go when we fall short. So what I was trying to avoid was shame, um, definitely humiliation, embarrassment, 
Oh, and definitely perfectionism. I wanted to, like I said, do A plus and be perfect at this. I would have so many people supporting me during this. It was just like all the angels came out of the woodwork and said, yo, you'll be great. They'll love you. But then in my head, I'm going, but what if I'm not? (laughs) And they don't love me. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, wait, I don't need their approval. I don't need their codependency. I can be on my own with this. And as long as I was having fun, I was learning, I was doing my job, passing that along. And I think the whole idea of avoiding some of these places that I don't want to go is what makes me get stuck. Rather than embrace potential shame, rather than embrace potential embarrassment. I want to do everything to ignore it or to make it go away. And in my very past, I would eat over those things. What if I could just see me? And what I started to to identify were some of the places we go when it's kind of beyond us, like awe and wonder and surprise. That's what Brene has there. I felt like something was really drawing me to teaching. You know, uh, in one of my episodes, I think it was just um, maybe episode 31 with Sarah, we talked about decisions we make early in our life and how we take different paths. There was a path I took in college after graduating where I went into business as opposed to going into education and now I feel like there's some kind of alignment and I've come back to that and I know it's it's a story that I I have but there's certainly kind of a a feeling of awe and wonder as I look back on those. Brene has this wonderful quote from Adam Grant on, um, if you've got the book and following along with me, it's page 62 and What Adam Grant says, I need time for my confusion. Confusion can be a cue that there's new territory to be explored or a fresh puzzle to be solved. Hmm, that sounded good too. Like, okay, so this feeling of confusion is perhaps not a bad thing. Like I want to make emotions good and bad. And I only want the good ones. I don't want the bad ones. (laughs) And I realized that, you know, they just come. That you don't get to choose what they are and you don't have to judge them. They are what they are. She does make the point on page 65 that choosing to be curious is choosing to be vulnerable because it requires us to surrender to uncertainty. We have to ask questions, admit to not knowing risk being told we shouldn't be asking, and sometimes make discoveries that lead to discomfort. Oh boy, discomfort, big time. I was one of the, I can tell, I was one of the new hires for my poor boss who was asking question after question. <laughs> but I, I, had, I had my list, I had my things that I wanted to really explore. I was curious. I am definitely curious about all of this. I definitely feel like this curiosity has been a very positive things for me as we, and I think it's for all of us, you know, that as we grow. And like I said, you know, I, I only want the positive um, emotions, but 
I started to see that uh, she has this one group of emotions, and I found myself hoping to get to these. And they're the places we go when our heart is open, like love and trust, and places we go when life is good, joyful, happiness. You know, there's something about learning that just lights us up. There's hope. There's, um, you know, the ability for us to, to keep growing. It's like a hopeful thing, definitely. And I started to have little insights like, and I'm still learning all the time, but when I approached the class, I felt very confident in making a presentation and lecturing. I thought, okay, I can, I can do that. And yet I started to see there's a distinction between that, those skills, and actually teaching. And teaching is really when you know that the, the student is, hasn't quite got the cra- the, or grasped the concept, and you're able to break the distinctions down in a way that they get it. Yeah, that's juicy. That's when I started to see like, oh yeah, that's the stuff that really feels good. I started to also want not to be some the, the ideal professor that somebody else had, but to have my own voice about what a professor would be. And for me, I realized that what makes this so intriguing for me is the opportunity to apply learning. Just think about that for a moment, that I could take this 42 years of corporate marketing experience and apply it in a way that perhaps my class can grasp and understand because I have a different perspective than they do with almost every class and you know, I'm I'm only into my third week, you guys. (laughs) I'll try and and report back (laughs) on it as we go along. But I, I really want to apply, have them apply the learning, to work with it, to see what they think, to develop their own voice. I have this amazing experience in the last class, which was when they each got in front of the class and talked about what brand they would be and also what their ambition was for their career, like where they wanted to go, what kind of company they wanted to work with. And boy, did that just, when you hear 90 voices talking about what they want to do in life, oh boy, that was really a high high moment and then I realized I could work with it I could help them I could see what they what they saw for themselves and believe in what they believe for themselves so I know that there'll be more to come with that another thing I saw was that by doing this kind of adventure and making this big change I did serious damage to some limiting beliefs that I have had and I know some of them were, you know, the result of trauma <laughs> in corporate America that I walked away with. The thought that I must not be a very good marketer. I, might, I mean, after doing this for so long, maybe I've gotten stale. Maybe I don't know what it's about. And really question my own competence. And I'll tell you, it's 
Frank Oppenheimer said, the best way to learn is to teach. And I love that because teaching has really made me feel very, not not secure, but very confident in what I, I did as a marketer and how much I, I loved the discipline. I mean, I just have fallen back in love with, with marketing and examining um, all the different distinctions in it and, you know, looking at the basics again and thinking, yeah, yeah, this is why I liked marketing in the first place. I loved the strategy. Um, so anyway, I think there's this um, quote about authenticity that um, Brene talks about, which I'd like to share with you. To be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worth worthy of love and acceptance, just as we are. I've learned that there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. Oh, let that in for a moment. I know I felt those emotions too, just like go very deep. Um, because it is that vulnerability that makes us so authentic. And when we, we give it a voice, oh, it's powerful. I think I would say today that I'm definitely have moved along the scale of confidence. I really can see, you know, that I'm learning my class. I'm learning what they care about. I'm learning who they are. I'm learning about, um, learning (laughs) definitely and you know what makes me a brand a professor brand that perhaps is different than my colleagues and thing for sure is I've tried to take the coaching and advice of everyone who has gone this road before so being open to that definitely gives me some confidence that I'm doing what I I am paid to do and what I think will help the students. There's there's just this other point about confidence is maybe worth sharing. By cultivating our courage to be who we are uncensored, compassion to others and to ourselves, and connections with people through both good times and bad, we can begin to recognize our self-worth and live with meaning and satisfaction. We can be us exactly as we are and go through life with confidence and joy. Isn't that great? And I hope that you've kind of seen that my process was kind of one that unfolded, right? I pushed really, really hard. I wanted, um, I didn't stop and think. I was just, you know, on the train, like move out of my way. Yo is coming through. (laughs) And then these emotions caught up with me. And I was speaking to my coach and all of a sudden this, this realization of what I have done, what adventure I have taken hit me like a ton of bricks, like, oh my God, this is 
this is so new for me and I'm I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm just going through the process. I'm letting it unfold. Let the creativity come, you know, stand in confidence and um, feel the awe of what I am doing. I hope you all feel that with things that you take on too that maybe don't look so good at times. (laughs) Maybe you're fearful about, maybe you get worried over, you know, that the places we go when things are not, are beyond us, right? Um, Oh, just hats off to Brene Brown for helping us, giving us this atlas, right? The atlas of our heart so that we can see how we navigate through these things. And I'd like to leave you with one last reading from the Tao of Leadership. I just, I really like this one. It's number 58, Unfolding Process. Group process evolves naturally. It is self-regulating. Do not interfere. It will work itself out. Efforts to control process usually fail. Either they block process or make it chaotic. Learn to trust what is happening. If there is silence, let it grow. Something will emerge. If there is a storm, let it rage. It will resolve into calm. Is the group discontented? You can't make it happy. Even if you could, your efforts might well deprive the group of a very creative struggle. The wise leader knows how to facilitate the unfolding group process because the leader is also a process. The group's process and the leader's process unfold in the same way, according to the same principle. The leader knows how to have a profound influence without making things happen. For example, facilitating what is happening is more potent than pushing for what you wish were happening. Demonstrating or modeling behaviors was more potent than imposing morality. Unbiased positions are stronger than prejudice. Radiance encourages people, but outshining everyone else inhibits them. And on that note, my friends, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us again. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. So here I am being with emotions like vulnerability and fear, talking about this episode. I'm very present to those emotions right now. I thought I'd begin by first wondering about things that if you are like me and that you power through things, just power right through them, no matter what, you just get it done. And in my case, when I was hired to be the adjunct professor, I started prepping the minute I knew. I wanted the textbook. I wanted to be the A-plus student. I made a list of things I had to learn. The list kept growing and growing. And I just kept powering through things. 
And I found myself looking for guideposts, like, how do I do this the right way? And this is something I've never done, so how do I know what I'm supposed to do? And there was lots of support at the university, um, lots of onboarding and orientations, but I still found that they're unlike corporate world where it's very structured and I knew what I needed to do to advance. In this case, it was brand new. I didn't have any idea what I needed to do. So I, I looked to my favorite person. I went to Brene Brown and looked through Atlas of the Heart. And sure enough, there's uh, her chapter on places we go when things are uncertain or too much. And the big one there is vulnerability. And I got to say that that's how I felt going through this process of making this change, that it was definitely going to be about vulnerability. And I love what Brene Brown says. She says, vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Oh, yeah. Okay, courage. I went, oh, yeah. I'm being courageous. <laughs> Isn't that great? She also says on page 14, in my most recent research on courage and leadership, the ability to embrace vulnerability emerged as the prerequisite for all of the daring leadership behaviors. If we can't handle uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure in a way that aligns with our values and furthers our organizational goals, we can't lead. That was so good. Read in the moment and to say, okay, I get it now. I am totally in a new spot. I'm vulnerable. I've got 90 Gen Zers staring at me. wondering who I am in this class and I am looking to not look vulnerable but I'm totally vulnerable I also think another great thing she has is the chapter on trying to well for me it's trying to avoid places we go when we fall short so what I was trying to avoid was shame um, definitely humiliation embarrassment Oh, and definitely perfectionism. I wanted to, like I said, do A plus and be perfect at this. I would have so many people supporting me during this. It was just like all the angels came out of the woodwork and said, yo, you'll be great. They'll love you. But then in my head, I'm going, but what if I'm not? (laughs) And they don't love me. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, wait, I don't need their approval. I don't need their codependency. I can be on my own with this. And as long as I was having fun, I was learning, I was doing my job, passing that along. And I think the whole idea of avoiding some of these places that I don't want to go is what makes me get stuck. Rather than embrace potential shame, rather than embrace potential embarrassment. I want to do everything to ignore it or to make it go away. And in my very past, I would eat over those things. What if I could just see me? And what I started to to identify were some of the places we go when it's kind of beyond us, like awe and wonder and surprise. That's what Brene has there. I felt like something was really drawing me to teaching. You know, uh, in one of my episodes, I think it was just um, maybe 
episode 31 with Sarah, we talked about decisions we make early in our life and how we take different paths. There was a path I took in college after graduating where I went into business as opposed to going into education. And now I feel like there's some kind of alignment and I've come back to that. And I know it's it's a story that I, I have, but there's certainly kind of a, a feeling of awe and wonder as I look back on those. Brene has this wonderful quote from Adam Grant on, um, if you've got the book and following along with me, it's page 62. And what Adam Grant says, I need time for my confusion. Confusion can be a cue that there's new territory to be explored or a fresh puzzle to be solved. Hmm, that sounded good too. Like, okay, so this feeling of confusion is perhaps not a bad thing. Like I want to make emotions good and bad. And I only want the good ones. I don't want the bad ones. (laughs) And I realized that you know, they just come. They, you don't get to choose what they are, and you don't have to judge them. They are what they are. She does make the point on page 65 that choosing to be curious is choosing to be vulnerable because it requires us to surrender to uncertainty. We have to ask questions, admit to not knowing, risk being told we shouldn't be asking, and sometimes make discoveries that lead to discomfort. Oh boy, discomfort, big time. I was one of the, I can tell I was one of the new hires for my poor boss who was asking question after question. <laughs> but I, I, had, I had my list. I had my things that I wanted to really explore. I was curious. I am definitely curious about all of this. I definitely feel like this curiosity has been a very positive things for me. As we, and I think it's for all of us, you know, that as we grow. And like I said, you know, I, I only want the positive um, emotions, but I started to see that uh, she has this one group of emotions, and I found myself hoping to get to these. And they're the places we go when our heart is open, like love and trust, and places we go when life is good, joyful, happiness. You know, there's something about learning that just lights us up. There's hope. There's, um, you know, the ability for us to, to keep growing. It's like a hopeful thing, definitely. And I started to have little insights like, and I'm still learning all the time, but When I approached the class, I felt very confident in making a presentation and lecturing. I thought, okay, I can can do that. And yet I started to see there's a distinction between that, those skills, and actually teaching. And teaching is really when you know that the, the student is, hasn't quite got the crap the or grasp the concept and you're able to break the distinctions down in a way that they get it yeah 
That's juicy. That's when I started to see like, oh yeah, that's the stuff that really feels good. I started to also want not to be some the, the ideal professor that somebody else had, but to have my own voice about what a professor would be. And for me, I realized that what makes this so intriguing for me is the opportunity to apply learning. Just think about that for a moment, that I could take this 42 years of corporate marketing experience and apply it in a way that perhaps my class can grasp and understand because I have a different perspective than they do with almost every class and it ha- you know I'm, I'm only into my third week you guys <laughs> I'll, I'll try and, and report back <laughs> on it as we go along but I I really want to apply have them apply the learning to work with it to see what they think to develop their own voice. I had this amazing experience in the last class, which was when they each got in front of the class and talked about what brand they would be and also what their ambition was for their career, like where they wanted to go, what kind of company they wanted to work with. And boy, did that just, when you hear 90 voices talking about what they want to do in life, Oh boy, that was really a high, <laughs> a high moment. And then I realized I could work with it. I could help them. I could see what they what they saw for themselves and believe in what they believe for themselves. So I know that there'll be more to come with that. Another thing I saw was that by doing this kind of adventure and making this big change, I did serious damage to some limiting beliefs that I have had. And I know some of them were, you know, the result of trauma (laughs) in corporate America that I walked away with. The thought that I must not be a very good marketer. I I mean, after doing this for so long, maybe I've gotten stale, maybe I don't know what it's about, and really question my own competence. And I'll tell you, it's Frank Oppenheimer said the best way to learn is to teach. And I love that because teaching has really made me feel very, not not secure, but very confident in what I I did as a marketer and how much I I loved the discipline. I mean, I just have fallen back in love with, with marketing and examining um, all the different distinctions in it and you know looking at the basics again and thinking yeah yeah this is why I liked marketing in the first place I love the strategy um, so anyway I think there's this um, quote about authenticity that um, Brene talks about which I'd like to share with you to be authentic We must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance, just as we are. I've learned that there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. Oh, let that in for a moment. 
I know I felt those emotions too, just like go very deep. Um, because it is that vulnerability that makes us so authentic. And when we, we give it a voice, oh, it's powerful. I think I would say today that I'm definitely have moved along the scale of confidence. I really can see, you know, that I'm learning my class. I'm learning what they care about. I'm learning who they are. I'm learning about um, <laughs> learning, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, what makes me a brand uh, professor brand that perhaps is different than my colleagues. And one thing for sure is I've tried to take the coaching and advice of everyone who has gone this road before. So being open to that definitely gives me some confidence that I'm doing what I, I am paid to do and what I think will help the students. There's, there's just this other point about confidence is maybe worth sharing. By cultivating our courage to be who we are uncensored, compassion to others and to ourselves, and connections with people through both good times and bad, we can begin to recognize our self-worth and live with meaning and satisfaction. We can be us exactly as we are and go through life with confidence and joy. Isn't that great? And I hope that you've kind of seen that my process was kind of one that unfolded, right? I pushed really, really hard. I wanted, um, I didn't stop and think. I was just you know, on the train, like, move out of my way, yo is coming through. <laughs> and then these emotions caught up with me. And I was speaking to my coach, and all of a sudden, this, this realization of what I have done, what adventure I have taken, hit me like a ton of bricks, like, oh my God, this is, this is so new for me. And I'm I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm just going through the process. I'm letting it unfold. Let the creativity come. You know, stand in confidence and um, feel the awe of what I am doing. I hope you all feel that with things that you take on too that maybe don't look so good at times. <laughs> maybe you're fearful about. Maybe you get worried over, you know, that the places we go when things are not, are beyond us, right? Um, oh, just hats off to Brene Brown for helping us, by giving us this atlas, right? The atlas of our heart so that we can see how we navigate through these things. And I'd like to leave you with one last reading from the Tao of Leadership. I just, I really like this one. It's number 58, Unfolding Process. Group process evolves naturally. It is self-regulating. Do not interfere. It will work itself out. Efforts to control process usually fail. Either they block process or make it chaotic. 
Learn to trust what is happening. If there is silence, let it grow. Something will emerge. If there is a storm, let it rage. It will resolve into calm. Is the group discontented? You can't make it happy. Even if you could, your efforts might well deprive the group of a very creative struggle. The wise leader knows how to facilitate the unfolding group process because the leader is also a process. The group's process and the leader's process unfold in the same way, according to the same principle. The leader knows how to have a profound influence without making things happen. For example, facilitating what is happening is more potent than pushing for what you wish were happening. Demonstrating or modeling behaviors was more potent than imposing morality. Unbiased positions are stronger than prejudice. Radiance encourages people, but outshining everyone else inhibits them. And on that note, my friends, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us again. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening today, and we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, could you leave us a comment? We would love to hear from you. And it also helps us reach other listeners. You can uh, join us on our group Facebook page, Girl Take the Lead, or visit our new website, girltaketheleadpod.com. And we keep all our clips and episodes on the website, so they're there if you need them. So what we have coming up, oh my gosh, we are been very busy. We've got the Nerdy Girls Success event is Saturday. So I'm going to be recording (laughs) as many high school students as I can to hear about their ambitions and what they hope for. So that should be very interesting. Also, we have Susan Cain's book, Quiet. We have an episode coming up about that one, as well as Viola Davis's book, Finding Me, a Memoir. Lots to come. Thanks for listening. I hope that Your day is filled with joy and awesomeness. Take care. Bye.